What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is the Nerdwide Podcast, episode 87. Chris, that's a lot of episodes. Uh, I'm your host, Tyler Haynes, with my good friend and co-host and owner of The Mask, Mr. Chris Rivers. Now, Chris, we got the chance to hang out last night, sit around a bonfire, uh, watch a projector with, um, with my family, and watch Halloween Ends. And eat some pizza and just enjoy the night. And let me tell you, that's a, that's a good way to watch these Halloween movies. I mean, in it general. Really and I uh, I really enjoyed that. It was it's always good to see you, anyways. But that was extra special last night. Yeah, yeah. I was. Uh, yeah. So yeah. showing a picture was, for the video audio listeners. Uh, I was very happy to be able to even. Uh, stay awake because i was going on three hours sleep yeah how's uh how's the work week been for you <laughs> busy busy um we i had to stay over one night with another department and then go in on saturday for four and a half hours so. no thank you yeah. i like my saturdays i don't want to i do too <laughs> i i told a prior boss at one point i said you'd have to get triple digits in terms of overtime mm-hmm. for me to feel like it's worth it to give up my personal time. Right. Uh, we have to do what we have to do sometimes. Yeah, I understand that. Um, speaking of doing what we have to do, Chris, some quick housekeeping before we get into it. We've got a lot of news articles to talk about this week on top of, of some She-Hulk finale action going on, what we're going to do for the next two weeks until the Titans comes back on for their season four. We've got some fun things to talk about for quick housekeeping. Don't forget to subscribe to either our YouTube or our podcasting service of your choice. If you enjoy the show, make sure you leave us a thumbs up on YouTube or give us a good rating for whatever podcasting app you use. If you don't enjoy what you see or hear, make sure you leave us a comment down below. Know how we can improve this show. Can't improve it if you don't tell us. If you want to do more, you can always go to patreon.com slash nerdwide. Three different tiers for three different monetary values there. Uh, if you want to do that, there's a lot of goodies for each different tier. Of course, each tier goes up in monetary value. Things like $3 is for monthly and there's different things there. So if you want to do that, head to patreon.com slash nerdwide. Now, Chris, have you been watching anything this week? Uh, no, I did watch. I take that back. I mentioned this to you last night. I did watch the pilot for the new interview with the vampire. Yeah, series. what do you think? It's, it's really good. Um, there's changes from the book. But even though, you know, she's passed away now, but knowing that Anne Rice had a hand in in this, um, I go on the assumption that she approved the changes. Right. So I'm good with it. I'm going I'm going with it. So we'll that, see how it uh, this is it a weekly drop for an episode? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's on it's on AMC. Oh, see, I need to Hey it Siri. Came on. Set a reminder for tomorrow at 8 a.m. to start watching Interview with a Vampire. Okay. It uh, it came on for the first episode between the Walking Dead episode and Talking Dead that they do afterwards. That's so different. They, kinda, they dropped it in, but yeah, it was weird. I guess they wanted it to get the, the audience. Right. So they put it in the middle of the two. But. Hmm. Did you watch The Walking Dead? I did not. Oh. Did you watch the talking point, dead? No. Oh. <laughs> at, at this point, I'm going to 
because I, I stopped watching what I did watch of The Walking Dead a while back. I'm just going to wait for him to wrap it up mm-hmm. and then bin- binge the series. Binge it. And, listen, I'd be okay if they start doing a stalker con again. But yeah, Walker like, stalker con or whatever it was. That sounded really bad. <laughs> just, from, just from what I've heard before, people would probably have to start getting paid. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, they weren't paying their uh, their people. So, Mm-mm. no, thank you. Um, I've been real busy. Started the new job this week, so I haven't yeah. I haven't had time to watch anything. We've been uh, real busy. I feel like getting things ready and coming right off the vacation week as well. So it's I've had time to watch hardly anything. We're still an episode and a half behind on Bachelor in Paradise, and if I don't have time to watch that, Chris, then don't really have time to watch anything else. So. <laughs> um. So we don't have this in news, but I read it during the week. It's not really affecting too much of what we have. The uh, the lady that was over those programs, mm. um, she started the she's you know she oversaw the starting of the Bachelor and and all these different programs has stepped down. Oh, she was, she was there for twenty nine years. She's retired. It's not that she's. Uh, so I'm curious to see how a lot of those programs mm. now hopefully get better. I'm just going to go out on a limb. So, cause <laughs> a lot of VIP right now is, I know a lot of our listeners love listening to the reality speak, but it's very, it's obviously scripted. Some of the segments aren't, I'm like, ah, okay. You can, I, I fast forward through a lot of things. I'm like, I, I don't want enjoy the scripted stuff. I know some of it is, but don't make it blatantly obvious. Or I can like, okay, this is this is hard to watch scripted. So yeah. hopefully they go away with that. We didn't even finish the Bachelorettes last season because it was just so boring. Even though they tried doing two Bachelorettes at the same time. <laughs> why? Just why? <sighs> yeah, right. they had to get new eyes, I guess, or something. But Chris, we have some fun things to talk about, including gimmicks for She-Hulk Episode 9, the finale. Um, of course, we go spoiler full on all of our MCU shows and shows we watch weekly, and She-Hulk is no different, especially for the finale. I'm going to the ReviewGeek.com by Greg Wheeler for this one, and this episode's titled, Whose Show Is This? Uh, let's see... All right, we start off. Jen is giving is given an offer from the DA for a plea deal. The terms include her permanently being banned from transforming into She-Hulk. She also quits her job and gives up her apartment as well, moving back home with her parents. Dennis goes on air at an insult to injury by claiming he dated Jen for a while and could see the issues before even becoming She-Hulk. A video of She-Hulk uh, twerking and dancing in college goes uh, does the rounds, but it's not the twerking in the office. It's a video of Jen at college dancing about what Jen's embarrassed about claiming she has work to do. That work includes Jen and Nikki working together to try and take out, find out who is taking Jen's information and putting it all over in intelligentsia. Pug shows up on Nikki's command at a conference in a lodge where a group of men uh, bemoan She-Hulk's powers. Pug chimes in, claiming it's all due to nepotism. Todd is there, too, and he confirms that he's the one who hacked Jen's phone. Funnily enough, Abomination is also there. Jen arrives and notices Emil and Todd, and she is shocked that she's being portrayed. It turns out Josh was actually hired by Todd to steal her blood. That way, Todd could take the blood for himself and become his own Hulk. As he injects himself and starts to become a Hulk, Titania crashes through the wall, and Bruce drops in from the sky, and then everything just goes completely off the rails. 
a lot to take in. I felt like, I mean, this was all maybe 13 minutes into the episode. And it went really fast from the the gala last episode to uh, it went all went very fast. The, 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 her getting fired and let go, her moving out of her office, moving out of her apartment, moving into with her parents, uh, moving back into her old room, which was hilarious. They had a bunch of law law movie posters all around the room, which I thought was a nice little funny callback there. Um, exercise bike. Yeah, the night exercise bike because you know she moved out. The parents always do that in every sitcom. Um, even the, had a narrator start speaking because she wasn't fourth walling and then she told the narrator to quit. It was just very funny stuff like that. She goes into, she says, oh, Emil can help me. So I'm going to go there, hopefully get some help because he's been through this, knows what it's like. Uh, kind of goes off the rails there. Some little small things happen with, um, what is his name? I just read it. It's not Todd. Pug. Uh, going in. He was very uncomfortable. And I was like, oh, thank God he's not the bad guy. And still not the bad guy, though, Chris. Still right. not the bad guy. That's the main takeaway from this whole episode. One thing that the uh, the recap kind of missed, the one the recap you're reading, Nikki's the one that spreads the video. Mm-hmm. She's trying to get Intelligentsia to come out of hiding so and, she can figure out who's behind it. And it worked. I mean, it's just very... We've seen a... A emergence of her as well with her brains and she's just not just some side character with um you know she was with the other lawyer forget her name she was in this episode as well everyone was in this episode and we've seen her truly come to herself and not just be a side piece of a show which is awesome because i think she's very funny I don't think side piece. Side piece, not the a side character. Sorry, is it is very like her sitting out on the front line of Emil Blonsky's place, and I knew it was Emil's place before they even showed. That's what it was, because you can see the gate open and close. I was like, we've seen that gate in that drive right there. Um, it was all in Emil Blonsky's place. Apparently, he just everyone was thinking of the abominations, the one I was doing. That's what they're trying to lead us that way, but he just rents out his little. Uh, not Europe, his little conference, not conference, um, event space for events and Intelligentsia and the Hulk King, which is Todd, is doing it. And all hell breaks loose, but Chris, that's where it gets good. She-Hulk breaks the fourth wall, busting out of her own show. Um, this, this recap doesn't do it justice. It, it goes to the home screen of the Disney Plus app. And mainly all the MCU stuff, all Disney, everything else, not there. And you have Shang-Chi, you've got uh, Thor there, you've got a lot of your movies and TV shows, like you would if your Disney Plus home screen to watch the show. She busts out of it and says, I need some help, where am I going to go? And she goes to the making of Marvel, of all of our shows and everything she can watch uh, a week or two later after these shows ends, and walks directly into the line. Do I? Assembled. Marvel's assembled. Yeah. And she walks directly into the the um, the writers' room, talking to all of the writers that work on the show. And I thought it was very funny because that's them. That's actually all of the writers that are in that room, and that's actually their room where they work. And I thought that was so cheeky and very funny. But then it gets better, Chris. She mm-hmm. says, "I want to talk." She goes, uh, "Who made this decision?" And they said, "Oh, well, Kevin did." If you re- if you have the episode with subtitles like I do, it's Kevin. Uh, Kevin's an acronym. It's Kevin.e.vi, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And so everyone's like, I was like, oh my God, are they about to put Kevin Feige in this, in this show? Are they really about to go that meta with it? 
they didn't. But she uh, she wants to talk to Kevin. I'm happy with the big action set piece in her own show. After hurting innocent security guards who are just doing their jobs, Jen shows up and notices that Kevin is an AI robot. And it's very funny because I, I read a... I don't know if I saved this on my phone. But I read an interview. Uh, I did. I will talk about it. No, we'll talk about it now. Uh, no, we'll talk about the end of the show. We're going to remind me of it. Uh, but he, it looks like his the robot has a hat on. So every time you see Kevin Feige, he's in a ball cap. And it's usually, especially during these press conferences like D23 Day, um, San Diego Comic Con, he's always got a hat on with whatever big logo on it. And this one was, a, it was supposed to look like a hat and it had Kevin written across it. Just very funny. Um, so she's starting to talk to Kevin, the AI robot. Jen claims she's not happy with the direction of her show, pointing out that it's a legal comedy. She decides to rewrite the whole story, going on to completely belittle the original Avengers and point out the flaws and inherit all of the Phase Force projects in the process. She also, my favorite part, I think probably the whole show, well, she says, and what about the X-Men? And turns to the camera and winks, and it keeps going back to the conversation. Just so funny. And like they, I think it's the first time in MCU property that they've said the word X-Men. And very, very cheeky and very know what they were doing. Uh, She-Hulk turns back up in her own story. Titania is there in the background for some reason, along with all the other characters. Todd is arrested, and Jen tells him that she'll see him in court. Emil heads back to prison for 10 years for turning into the Abomination, which apparently he has been doing. And so his thing going off was not him touching an electrical fence. I saw two or three episodes ago. It was actually uh, him taking it off and turning into the Abomination. Uh, Emil heads back to prison for this, absolutely fine with what's happened, while Daredevil drops randomly from the sky, the sky because that's what Jen wanted to happen. Um, right. During that, After that, during a family barbecue, Bruce finally arrives and says he can't have a family dinner. He says, this is my son, Scar. And from, he just got back from Sakar, and his son, Scar, is behind him. A lot of issues around that. It does not look good. Um, a lot of people are posting that picture saying, oh, I can't believe they made this because it did not look good. Scar didn't. Um, then we get a post-credit scene, and we see Emil like he's waiting. Nothing's unpacked in his cell. We've seen him in from the very beginning of the show. And Wong busts him out of prison. Uh, Emil says it's about time. He said, sorry, I've uh, been watching a lot of TV, which is from earlier in the season. What did you think of the not really having a wrap-up to the season, not have like a real big bad because I know I've even talked about it, not having a big bad. We've been kind of waiting around for it. And then it's kind of going off of the meta saying this is not what it needs to be. This is well, all the shows, all the MC properties are. And well, all the movies, and the, the TV shows mainly are. And that's why she was talking to Kevin. She goes, I don't want this show to be that way. And it wasn't. What are your thoughts on, on the whole ending of this? I was okay with it. Um, because it... It sets up stuff. So I don't feel like you always have to have the big bad if you're setting up some future storylines. For instance, we've all been thinking in the next incarnation of the Avengers, we're going to see She-Hulk. Right. But now we have Scar. Well, and right. So this, and, this we're getting Planet Hulk at some point in yeah. time. They're, they've already set that up, and especially with the Red Hulk coming in the Thunderbolts. We're getting a Planet Hulk movie, which is bad ass and um and even during the whole kevin scene she was say asking questions and he said you'll have to find out uh in the next movie 
or her next movie or the next. It was something implying that she's going to be in a movie. And I'm like, like, really? And he was like, yeah. no. Yeah. It was just very stuff like that's very funny. And I, I loved every bit of that. Um, I did enjoy the fact, though, that we got to see Ruffalo again. Mm-hmm. So it was nice to bring him back, even if it was, you know, initially it was retconned right. by her. Um, I think the short term takeaway, well, I don't know how short term we don't. Do we have an official date for Daredevil? Mm-mm. Or we just have a, a vague time frame, I think. Because um, after this show, it's going to be odd if Jennifer Walters doesn't show up in Daredevil. Right. Um, But I did see a release. I'm not sure if it was official. Spring 2024 is what they're saying. Yeah. So they'll be filming probably spring to summer of 2023. Right. Um, I don't know how official the cast list was that I saw, but it looks like they're bringing back the Netflix crew. Mm. Uh, so that'll be good. It's going to be interesting, though, see how it all plays out. I think one thing that did come out, we said when they announced the casting for She-Hulk, uh, that she she was going to be perfect for this mm-hmm. because of her acting ability. And what she had shown she could do in Orphan Black and, and other projects. She nailed it. Yeah, I absolutely loved She-Hulk and Tatiana Maslany. I, I'm glad she is in the MCU. And I yeah. I desperately want a second season. Because I've, yeah. I love the legal comedy of it. I feel like, and we've said it, that was a couple weeks ago, but... I feel like the MCU has nailed down, or at least this writing team and production team has nailed down what MCU TV should be. And and she just just blew it out of the water. And I feel like that's... Because Miss Marvel, we saw the direction starting to get there with it being like a, a Disney Nickelodeon uh, teen yeah. show. And this one nailed it as like a legal drama sitcom. And yeah. I feel like they did a great job with it. Absolutely. And, you know... I know that in in the in the show, like we just talked about, when he says something about her movie, and then he says no, yeah, not not, not really. Hopefully that's wrong. Hopefully right. she does show up in a couple of the films. It might not be her movie, but it could but be like an Avengers esque one of the Avengers titles, yeah. or I could see and having her and Matt Murdock as attorneys. You can bring them back whenever you need to. Mm-hmm. Anytime any of these people are in any kind of issues, easy easy peasy to bring any of those two back. Yep. So uh, I loved the show. I think I gave it four stars on Letterboxd. Mm. It's on there. I gave it four. It wasn't perfect, but right. no show is going to be. Um, Unless you're talking about Community or uh, Black Flag, Spartacus. Right. I could keep going on. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it was. It's one of those shows that we've always said, "Give us more episodes," because mm-hmm. they usually do six. They gave us nine, but they were also about half as long as they usually are. Yeah, so they're really about twenty-ish minutes. Really, we got less hours of content with more episodes. Daredevil, I think they've already committed to what 18, 16? Yeah, it's, it's much longer than what we've been getting. So yeah, it's like so 16 or 18. 
hopefully that's a sign of things to come hmm. that we're going to get. I think the hour-long shows, they should at least do eight, if not ten. Right. And then half hour should be 18 or so. Yeah, because it's just half There's hour. That's yeah. nothing crazy. There's an audience for it. Especially but. if it's going to be She-Hulk. So the the interview I was talking about, it was with uh, comicbook.com's Phase Zero, which, of course, a lot of our friends that do it, you know, ask Kevin Feige during this. Uh, or they talked to Jessica Gow, who was the director of all of it. The things that were asked, it says, Kevin Feige was the one who came up with the idea of Jen jumping through the Disney Plus menu. Again, what other creator or executive producer are going to come up with something like this that right. is just great? Um, he also approved of Scar's design, which I don't really agree with that one. He fought and won for Kevin to not wear a real baseball cap. If you notice, it was all his mechanical parts. So he didn't want like a real cap being on it, which I liked. Um, and then he pitched that Jen first go to the writer's room before going to Kevin. So I think it's funny that they worded he fought and won. Yeah. So they, they, they really wanted him to, I guess, have his ball, have a ball cap, but I think it was better with him having a mechanical hat that looked like his hat. It's just like, that's Kevin Feige. If he says you're going to do it a certain way, you're going to do it that way. Well, that lets you know that he, he's up for debate on, he's not just a, you know, uh, a dictator when it comes to his products. He's like, let's talk about this. But ultimately if if he knows he wants something a certain way, he can just say it. Yeah. He can just say it. Yeah. So do this. I wonder what that, those conversations are like. That'd be fun. Uh, But ladies and gentlemen, that is She-Hulk season one. I mean, Great show. It goes hmm, it goes up there high on my list. I'm going to put this top three. I'm going to say, for me, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, WandaVision, She-Hulk. Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, I really liked WandaVision. Mm-hmm. And Miss Marvel. She-Hulk might be top four for me. Okay. I might I might put it fourth behind um, WandaVision and uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier and Miss um, Marvel. One of these days, I imagine it's going to have to be after some of these phases end, like when phase four gets close to the ending. We're going to have to do a ranking of all of our MCU proper, what well, are from that phase, and our MCU TV shows from that phase. I feel like that'd be something fun to do. Yeah, just kind of rank them, put them out there in the world. Rumor, I want to emphasize rumor. <laughs> Once again, making its way around that Chloe Bennett is going to be returning. God, I just as Quake. I think I know. I think me and you are probably the biggest Agents of Shields fans that even on the internet that I've seen and care about. And I think if that happened, I'd probably cry. I mean, just yeah. out of just pure joy. Like I'm tearing up right now thinking about it anyways. Um, so everyone's been wondering, what are we going to do in the two weeks since there's nothing until Titan season four? Well, we're going to, we've talked about it. We're finally going to do it. Harley Quinn season one, or uh, this first week we're going to do episodes one through six. And the week after we're going to do episodes seven through 13, which will wrap up season one. And then we'll do Titans. And if we have a lull back in our shows again, We'll go through because there's three seasons out right now. 
and they're all about so. 13 episodes so we'll look into doing that again i know chris is really excited i'm really excited about it and we were looking before the show of everyone that's in it and there's a lot of good people a lot of actors and actresses we like a lot so and yep. it's gonna be funny and i can't wait so let's get into some news so speaking of dc Doom Patrol Season 4 will release on December 8th of this year. It's crazy because we've seen a lot of things from Titans, not a lot from Doom Patrol. And you think, because I follow both on Twitter, I haven't seen a lot from Doom Patrol. So that's kind of weird. But yeah, December 8th still. And they're doing a part one as well. So makes me nervous, Chris. Uh, <laughs> other news, we've got Tom Welling has joined the cast of uh, the Supernatural prequel, The Winchesters. I'm going to Deadline.com by Denise Petsky for this one. Smallville alum Tom Welling has joined the cast of the CW's drama series and Winchesters from the supernatural trio of Robbie Thompson, Jensen Ackles, and Daniil Ackles. Uh, Warner Brothers Television CBS Studios. The news was announced uh, this week by the Winchesters producers and cast at New York Comic Con with Welling making a surprise appearance. The Winchesters premieres to Tuesday, October 11th, which has already come out. I haven't even heard anything of how this went, so who knows. Um, Willing will recur as Samuel Campbell, originally played by Mitch Pelegi in Supernatural, Mary's dad and the patriarch of the Campbell hunting family. Samuel taught Mary everything uh, he knows, or well, she knows. Uh, gruff and pragmatic, he's a veteran hunter who prefers actions over words, and it's always his way or the highway. So, perfect role yeah. for an older Tom Willing now. And because I'm listening to the. Uh, the Talkville Smallville Rewatch podcast with him and Michael Rosenbaum. And I love it. And I just, I'm telling you, if you're a Smallville fan, you have to watch it and listen or listen to it because it's, it's truly a great podcast. What they talk about is, is some of the fun. It's just so much fun. And then, last news story I've got here Colin Farrell says the Penguin series takes place a week after the Batman. I'm going to Variety.com by Zach Scharf. Colin Farrell is currently on the awards, uh, awards circuit to, uh, touting his Venice winning performance in the Banshee of Anna Sharon. But next up for the actor is a project of utmost importance to fans, HBO Max's The Penguin. The sequel series is to Matt Reeves as The Batman will start filming in early 2023. Farrell recently confirmed to Extra that the show picks up about a week after the events of The Batman, in which Riddler sent a massive flood into Gotham City. Quote, it starts about a week after the Batman ends, Farrell said, so Gotham is still somewhat underwater. I read the first script of the first episode and it opens up with my feet splashing through the water in Falcone's office. Even that alone, when I read it, I was like, oh, Jesus. So, he says it's very lovely and very well written, which is what I would say when someone's writing something I'm working on, too. So, so um, we're, we're watching that, right? We're going to be diving into that yeah. one? Okay. Yeah. Just double-checking. And the releases this week for Chris and my wife, Wednesday, October 19th, American Horror Story NYC comes out on FX. Bada-bing, uh, bada-boom. For you people, the uh, the promo art has been very interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's not a, you know, yeah. Jim keeps sending me pictures. Yeah. All right, uh, movies. Have you watched anything? Nothing. Else? I haven't. I hadn't had time to watch. No, anything. I think I was able to watch that Smallville episode for the week, but that was it. Unfortunately. Yeah. Same here. Um, so we'll get right to Halloween ends. Um, this is going to be really interesting to try and even do a synopsis of. We don't want to spoil a ton. 
maybe light spoilers here on Halloween ends. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll do a full spoiler next week so people have time to catch up and watch it all because I want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. So um, the movie kicks off without Michael. Mm-hmm. Um, kicks off, and I'm I'm gonna. I'm going to need it to very quickly here, hopefully, if everything cooperates, pull up my cast list. Because it's interesting yeah. the way that they've done this. Um, so we kick off the film seeing a couple from 2019. Um, leaving their kid with a babysitter. And we all know horror movies and babysitters and what goes on there. Uh, the babysitter's named Corey, portrayed by Rohan Campbell. Which and hasn't been that, in a lot of things. Well, he's been in a decent amount, but nothing like big, if you will. And I was really right. surprised because I really liked that actor, actor after this movie. Yeah, he does a really, really good job. Uh, I'll spoil the first scene because or the first bit because it's it's the first bit. Yeah, it sets up everything. Um, basically, the couple is going out. They're going to leave their son with him. They say, you know, no, basically, what? No scary movies. Yeah, no horror uh, movies, and go to bed by eight thirty or something like that. Yeah, and he's like, oh, we're going to have fun. So of course, as soon as the parents leave, they cut to a scene of Corey sitting on the sofa. And the kid's sitting on the floor, and they're watching a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the kid decides he's going to disappear when Corey gets up to go get something to drink. He finds him upstairs, and he goes into the attic, and the kid locks the door behind him and won't let him out. Mm-hmm. And about this time, the parents come home. So it couldn't have been a very good party. Cause right. They, they were not gone that long. <laughs> no, not that long. Um, as they walk in the front door, they hear Corey screaming that he's going to kill the kid. Because mm-hmm. he's, you get the sense he's claustrophobic, possibly. Yeah. Or doesn't like, uh, he's terrified by Michael Myers and that whole story and everything. Yeah. And he's he's locked into this attic. So he finally, I don't know what took him so long to do it. He starts kicking the door. And right when he gets it to bust open, the kid's on the other side, which mm-hmm. why the kid's standing right up next to the door. Kids are dumb, man. Kids are dumb. I'm telling you. So he kicks the door. It flies open. It knocks the kid over the railing. And he goes all the way down to the first floor. It's like a three-story house. Yeah, three-story. He goes all the way down to the first floor, and I'm not going to describe the the kill there, mm-hmm. but it gets your attention. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, after that, he kind of becomes, he doesn't go to jail because it's viewed as an accident. Mm -hmm. Or if he did, it wasn't for a very long time. Right. I don't think he ever got punished, Mm -mm. um, which is why the town had such a problem with him. But his stepdad runs the local salvage yard where he works and... Basically, he just exists in the town. No one really talks to him much. He just kind of... Everyone calls him a freak and yeah. a murderer because he killed this little kid, which... It was an accident. So, I mean, it's 
I mean, I don't feel like the justice system failed there, but the it's kind of the kid's fault. Yeah, but you know, don't don't stand behind a door and someone's kicking down. You know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> kids are dead though. So, uh, <laughs> but it takes a while before we get Michael. Uh, our first glimpse of Michael, we find out where he's been. Mm -hmm. It's been four years since the last movie in this movie. Yeah. So. So we find out where he's been for four years. Um, but Corey encounters him at, at one point, and Michael's about to do what Michael does, but he looks in Corey's eyes and he sees himself. And so he lets Corey go, mm -hmm. and they all they kind of have a unspoken understanding, right? And uh, in the meantime, Corey has gotten close to Allison, uh, Laurie Strode's granddaughter, and she's a nurse now. Mm -hmm. That was Tyler's Tyler's favorite part of the movie. Oh, that was horrible. When nurses are on screen. Well, you notice that. Uh... Because we watched it with my dad, who was an emergency nurse. And when she was like an urgent clinic, they kind of portrayed it as an ER. And it was very, very weird how they were doing things. I hate when they do medical stuff on shows. Because you clearly point out everything that's wrong. Like, why was she sewing up this dude's hand? And it was it was just some stupid stuff like that. Coming charged nurse, but never mind, I'm not going there. Um, <laughs> just I hate medical shows with my with my background. So, <laughs> so the, anyway, they start to get close, and at the same time, as the film goes on, Lori begins to pick up things about Corey. Oh, why they had to make their names rhyme? <laughs> that uh, that she sees something of Michael in him. Because she's looked into both of these people's eyes, and she sees the same thing in him that she saw in Michael. And uh, I guess we leave it there, right? Because yeah. I don't think there's much more we can say. There is a DJ in this film who um, I thought it would have been fun. I said something to you after the movie went off. But I thought it would have been funny if they'd had Buster Rhymes play the DJ since <laughs> he was... He was the one that initially kills Michael Myers back in the day. That actually, it was supposed to be final. Mm. Um, it was H2O? If I'm, if, is that right? I can't remember. I'm, I'm mixing them up now. But um, <laughs> it would have been funny if he'd returned for that. Um, so... I will say this, my thoughts on the movie insofar as we can talk about them here. Um, I liked it. I've seen the scores other people have given it. I saw one person that I follow on Letterboxd didn't even rate the movie. Another person gave it one and a half stars. Mm. Um, I gave it three and a half stars. Um, it depends on how you watch it. If you're watching it as a standalone Halloween movie, if you're just going to throw this in and, and want want some good kills, there's a couple of nice kills in the film. I still don't think anything from these last three movies tops the gas station bathroom scene. Correct. Where it was just brutal. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was it wasn't even so much 
it wasn't so much about gore in that scene as it was just the brutality of someone and and this is from a few years ago so if you haven't seen it i'm going to spoil it just having their head slammed over and over into a wall mm-hmm. and you start to hear the mushiness of it. Uh, oh yeah. it's just yeah. so accurate it's gross <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't think anything in these films has topped that but you do get some kills in here um and i think the story that they tell makes this a better movie if you're watching it in the context of the of the series and you're following the story and, and kind of where they're going and where they leave it, I like it. Right. Um, if you're just wanting to pop this in to watch some good kills and see Michael Myers inflict tons of damage, this is not the film mm-hmm. for you. So I gave it three and a half stars. Um Another great performance from Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, also, Andy Mad- Madichick. Mm-hmm. Um, he kills it again. James Jude Courtney as The Shape. We all keep referring to him as Michael Myers, but John Carpenter has always referred to him as The Shape. Um, well, and that's how they keep crediting him as, as well. Yeah, and he's. it also... Um, ties to a line later in the film the shape of evil mm. so, it's I enjoyed it I, I gave it three stars on Letterboxd and I'll talk more about it next week when we go full on spoilers for it I I think it took a little it drug out a lot in the very beginning until about halfway through the movie but there's a tipping point and once that tipping point happens, it is a nonstop fun roller coaster of a Halloween movie. And, like, I absolutely love Jamie Lee Curtis. And, like you said, her performance is absolutely excellent. And it was just, I mean, it, the movie's Halloween ends. And I feel like it, it ends that storyline, is all I'm going to say right now. Beautifully ties it up with the bow and left nothing to be desired from that storyline. So I'm just going to leave that there, but it's, I I really enjoyed it. I'm, I wish we could get a Halloween movie every two years or three years, just because I, I love the whole, just random serial killer that can't be killed. Can't be stopped. There's nothing really demonic, nothing really ghosty possession. It's just your slasher hack and slash, whatever you want to call it. Horror film. And pure evil. Pure evil, and the, the score gets me every time, and like once, like in every iteration of the score, because they change it up throughout the movies. Yeah. And but once that classic one sets in, I'm like, oh, we're in for a treat. And man, it was such a good movie. It was. It was. I I really enjoyed it. I, I think as far as I think it's important to watch it with the others mm-hmm. um, to get the most out of it. It kind of reminds me of back in the day, way back in the day. Tyler, you were a little kid back then. <laughs> uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest, mm. and, at, and At World's End. People hated Dead Man's Chest. And they hated it because it was considered kind of unfinished. Right. Because they filmed, they filmed those two back to back. 
because they were going to release them just a year apart. So they went ahead and filmed them back to back. And you kind of had this cliffhanger. It felt incomplete. And if you watch this by itself, it's probably going to feel that way. Right. So I would definitely watch them together. We're going to ask a question of the viewers here. And it's going to set up our discussion, full discussion next week. Do you think Halloween ends is it or should there be more you've already said you think that they'll continue mm-hmm. i think there'll be more I, I think they'll continue my basis for that is the original run halloween one and two told michael's story and then john carpenter moved on to season of the witch because that was his plan right he wanted to tell different stories um I think they will, because he was very involved with these. But we'll see. Uh, so let us know your thoughts. Uh, comment on the video. Tweet us. Uh, DM us. I think mine are open. Yeah, I I mine should be open. Um, and let us know. But next week, we have Day Shift. Is this your pick? Yeah, it was one, my only pick, Chris. Let's just go ahead and point years, that out. <laughs> two years running, we've done this, right? Where we've randomized each of our lists, yours, mine, and Jamie's, right? Mm-hmm. And each year, only one of Tyler's movies makes We it. even extended this year by four movies by four weeks, and I still only got one. So, it's wonderful. Um, but at least you've liked everything that we watched. Right, and I'm getting Correct. exposed to things I wouldn't normally watch either. So Right. So next week we'll have Day Shift, we'll have that review, we'll do more spoilery talk about Halloween, we'll be able to get in more details, mm-hmm. and we'll talk about that question. Will it end, or should there be more? And then following up, we'll finish out our Halloween run here with, uh, the next week will be Scream, 2022 Scream. We did the first one last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Creep Show, which I'm really looking forward to getting your reaction yeah. Tyler ever oh, since you talked about it last week I've been really excited about it so I don't want to watch it I, I'm not excited for it to get here because that means Halloween will be over and we'll be done doing yeah. this for the year but I'm excited to get to it because of what you said last week so yeah yeah it's very good George Romero who directed Night of the Living Dead was one of the people in charge of that mm. as well as Stephen King so um We've done movies written by both men in this in this run. All right, on to the news. I'm the Hollywood Reporter, and Boris Kitt, Marvel Studios, pauses Blade movie amid search for new director. Feature project was in pre-production in Atlanta, heading for a November start of photography. Um, in the wake of parting ways with director Basim Tariq two weeks ago, the studio's pressing pause on the vampire adventure thriller that's, that is to star Oscar winner Mahershala Ali. Marvel's temporarily shutting down production-related activities in Atlanta, where the project was to have shot starting in November while it conducts a search for a filmmaker and further develops the feature. Crew members were notified Tuesday, according to a source. Studio is hoping to restart the production in early 2023. After the publication of this story, Disney pushed Blade from its November 3rd, 2023 release date to September 6th of 2024. One of a slew of changes due to the film's delay. Almost uh, a complete year back. 
Yeah. And, you know, that's the thing about this. This is a important film in the in the MCU. And it tells you how big of an impact it was going to have when everything behind it had to shift. Mm-hmm. They couldn't jump one in front of it to take its spot or anything like that. So this is major. I've heard it was because Ali and uh, Tariq were not getting along. They mm. didn't have the same vision. But I don't know how true that is. So that sucks, though. Yeah. Uh, that's one I was... That's one I was looking forward to. Um, speaking of the delay in movies, here is the list. All right, Blade goes from 11-3 of 23 to 9-6 of 24. Deadpool 3 goes from 9-6 of 24 to 11-8-24. Fantastic 4 drops 11-8-24 for 2-14 of 25. An untitled Marvel film leaves 214 of 25 for 117 of 25 and Avengers Secret Wars moves from 11725 to May the 1st mm. 2026 That's a big push Everything drops back Mhm It's kind of like the double edged sword of announcing all of these films and titles early like they do you know 2 to 3 yeah. years early because when things like this happen, you have to push it all back. Because like right. you said, it's not like they could put something in. It shows how important it was. You can't just push something ahead of it to take its place. Right. You have to follow the timeline and the plan here. So. Right. Um, I'm curious, too. We didn't get any word on the shows. Mm-mm. So I don't think they've really will, talked much about the shows. Like, Will the shows be impacted, though? It's a good question. I mean, the only thing I think they've got working on is what if and loki season two i think that's it i don't are they doing anything else have we heard any well daredevil but that's 20 next year the only thing left this year is the guardians holiday special right so um the dune sequel will be pushed up due to the mcu delays to november 3rd 2023 yes it will bring it on uh, which is good because I think weren't weren't they already filming that? Mm-hmm. They're filming now. Yeah, so I don't know why I I know they want to wait for certain times of the year and everything, but you're filming the movie now. Why not? Why would they have held it off? That long? they didn't want to compete with uh, Marvel. I mean, I don't blame them. Well, you'd have Blade and uh, uh, it go against each other. So, yeah. Finally, in movie news, Netflix is launching their ad supported tier in the U.S. on November the 3rd. Uh, let me get this opened up here. This comes from the New York Times. And the byline goes to it's not going to let me read it, Tyler. You may have to take this one. I sure can. It... A subscriber splash page oh. on my phone. That's weird because I'm definitely not a subscriber. I don't know. Maybe my ad block together. Um, we are going to New York Times by Nicole Sperling. And Netflix began offers cheaper ad option beginning over third. Viewers who choose the $6.99 subscription will be shown four to five minutes of ads for every hour of content they watch. 
Uh, the streaming company on Thursday unveiled the details of its big effort to jumpstart subscriber growth after the company's first quarter uh, revelation that it had lost paying customers for the first time in a decade. Beginning November 3rd in the United States, November will uh, Netflix will offer a $6.99 advertising-supported subscription called Basic with Ads, a lower-cost option that will show people four to five minutes of ads per hour of content they watch. This tier will also be available in 11 other countries in November, Australia, Brazil, Britain, Canada, France, Germany, Italy, Japan, South Korea, Mexico, and Spain. The ads, ranging from 15 to 30 seconds, will play before and during television shows and older films. For new films, the ads will play only before the movie begins. Uh, subscribers opting for this tier will not be able to download titles for later viewing. A pro- uh, prohibition based on a prohibitish, uh, prohibited, uh, prohibit, uh, whatever you know what I'm trying to say, based primarily on technical challenges. Uh, I get it, and I mean that's what most the like companies like Peacock and others are doing right now too. That for these lower tiers, they are doing ads, which it being 15 to 30 seconds before and during the shows. It's not bad. And then for them saying to four new films, ads will play only before the movie begins. Well, that's what Peacock does. And like what we saw with the movie last night, they gave us a 30-second trailer of the movie we're about to watch and then uh, went to play it and we didn't have any ads or anything, you know, afterwards. So, uh, huh. It's finally coming, though. Not, it's not terrible, but it, I understand there are people that they don't have it in their budget to get the ad free. Right. So this is obviously what you need. If you can afford to get ad free, I still recommend people get it because you know, no one wants to watch ads. <laughs> no. So not at all. Um, releases this week: Black Adam in cinemas October twenty first. And as we talked about before the show, it's funny we have not <laughs> planned to see this. We did did get tickets. Did do. Uh, I had a buddy of uh, mine, Stephen, ask me. He said, "Hey, did you get tickets for Black Adam?" I said, funny you should say that. Did not realize that's coming out this week. And no, no, I did not. Uh, I said, if I do get some, do you want to go? He said, yeah, just let me know. Awesome. Okay. So we will see <laughs> when we watch that film. But I, I, we need to watch it soon, sooner rather than later, because the, well, a lot of the reviews I'm seeing are not that great, but some are yeah. good. It's right where you see a DCEU movie yet. But everyone says the, the biggest pop the audiences have been getting that have been seeing it are the post-credit scene, which have been kind of leaked, hinted at, etc. I'm going to leave it at that, so I don't want to spoil it for anybody else. But I'm curious. So buy, to... so buy a ticket to another movie, and then go to the restroom during that movie to go see the post-credit scene for Black Adam, and then get go. Yeah, and finish the other one. So, okay, that's a good call. <laughs> yeah. Wait for this one to come on HBO Max, and then watch it then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Chris, you've been playing any games this week? Just the usual when I've had time. Yeah, that's that's about where I've been. I've played a little bit of Overwatch 2 and just enjoying that for right now until some other games come out, which I might be getting this week when we get to new releases, but we'll talk about that then. Uh, but speaking of John Carpenter, he's got a big influence on this week's episode of the Neuroi Podcast. John Carpenter thinks he could make a really good Dead Space film. I'm going to IGN India for this one, and this is by Ryan Saeed. John Carpenter is a master of the horror genre, having a number of critically lauded films under his belt. Influential uh, filmmaker responsible for 1970's Halloween, 1980's The Fog, 1981's The Escape from New York, and more, which came to be considered as a cult classics. 
Besides being an influential filmmaker, Carpenter is also known to be an avid gamer, and he thinks he can adapt a Dead Space into a grand adapt Dead Space into a great film. While speaking to the AV Club, Carpenter talked about his upcoming film, Halloween Ends, as well as video games. He was asked if he has any interest in ever adapting a video game to a film. Carpenter only had one game in mind. Quote, the only one I can think of, and I've mentioned it before, is Dead Space, Carpenter said. That would make a great, a real great movie, and I could do that. Uh, Carpenter was also surprised when he heard that HBO is making it The Last of Us TV show. When asked about his favorite Dead Space game, Carpenter said he likes all titles in the series, while any of them were really good. I even liked the last one, the action one that, uh, the action one that no one else really liked. So, curious. So, I think that would be... From what I know, obviously, about John Carpenter in Dead Space, he would be excellent. And I think this is going to get a lot of heads turning, especially when The Last of Us HBO show is going to come out. And everyone's going to be like, oh, there is a lot of money in this if we do it right. And John Carpenter, you put John Carpenter's name with a game like Dead Space, and especially with him wanting to do it, and put those together, I think you might have something great on your hand. Yeah. Just, you know, if you're going to... If you're going to make these video game properties into films, let's do more, you know, Last of Us. Mm-hmm. Just based on what we've seen, the quality looks really good. Maybe a little less of stuff like Prince of Persia. Yeah, we're going to talk about that movie. Uh, <laughs> next one I've got, Invincible Video Games are officially in the works. We're going to comicbook.com by Logan Moore. I really need to rewatch that series again just because I'm so good and I miss it. Uh, video games based on Skybound's long-running superhero series, Invincible, are now confirmed to be in the works. In recent years, Skybound has been expanding Invincible in a number of different ways. Not only is there an ongoing animated series on Prime Video that's been renewed for three seasons, I forgot about that, but a live-action movie adaptation of the comic book has been in development since 2017. Uh, now the property seems poised to make its next major leap to the realm of video games. Skybound Entertainment announced this week that it plans to kick off a number of new initiatives next year with Invincible to celebrate the 20th anniversary of the series. While most of these unannounced plans involved re-released versions of various comics, Skybound also leaked flippantly added that it will unveil new apparel, collectibles, tabletop games, video games, and more. This, this footnote related to video games is incredibly interesting and marks the first time that Invincible will be associated with a gaming medium. Even though Invincible now might become a video game in some capacity, we still don't know what this will end up looking like. So, yeah, I think that would be if you do a video game based on Invincible, where you play as Invincible, and you're starting from you know essentially the first season and going through his stuff. Yes, like I mean, you you get your powers as you know how to use them, and you you get beat and you lose. I mean, that was the whole point of the first season. Like he had a very specific part and episode where he is lo- loses and loses bad and is almost killed. And I feel like that could be really well done in a video game uh, space. So I say bring it on, honestly. <laughs> um, Apple Music is now available on Xbox consoles. I'm going to Engadget.com by Chris Holt. It seems like Microsoft just can't stop confirming Xbox partnerships this week. On Tuesday, Xbox Cloud Gaming support for MetaQuest 2 and some new Chromebooks was announced. Now, Microsoft has linked up with Apple to finally offer an Apple Music app on Xbox consoles. As spotted by Eurogamer, you can snag the app on Xbox One or Series consoles by searching for it on in the store. Or download it remotely from the Microsoft Store. As with other music apps on Xbox, such as Spotify and Pandora, you can listen to Apple Music in the background while you're gaming. While you're gaming. In the Apple Music app, you can watch music videos, follow times and lyrics while you listen and create playlists. You'll be able to access curated gaming-focused playlists as well. 
That's awesome. Just add, add more and more to it. And I don't even think PlayStation has Apple Music. They might. I'm not sure. I don't ever listen to music while I'm gaming. So, because I'm trying to listen to the music in the game. You know. Right. Problems, I know. Everyone's different. Hey, before you get to the new release schedule, should we talk about what started breaking right before we recorded? Yes. I want to... I want to go to the deadline article. Um, oh, you mean the you mean the way everyone yeah finding everyone it? found out. Uh, I'm going to deadline.com by Dade Hayes, and this was ten minutes right before we started recording. Comcast pulls the plug on G4 TV, ending comeback try for gamer focused network. Comcast Spectator uh, Spectacore division is pulling the plug on the video game centric network G4 TV, whose early incarnation in the 2000s remains a cultural touchstone for many millennials just a year after its relaunch. In a memo set to be sent out to all employees, Spectacore CEO Dave Scott explained that the company's investment and efforts to revive the network just did not gain any traction. A few dozen employees and contract workers are affected by the shutdown. Comcast said it will assist with them with outplacement and consider some internal opportunities. The departure over the summer of Russell Ahrens, an experienced digital media executive who had come aboard as G-Force president in 2021, was a precursor to today's news. Her duties were added to the portfolio of Joe Marsh, a Comcast Spectacore vet who has been CEO of T1, international esports joint venture with Korea's Telecom. Yeah, a lot of the employees did not find out from that email. Uh, the memo sent to be out for an email. They found out from this article. Which somehow got the email that was going to be sent out, and a lot on a Sunday night or Sunday evening, depends where you are in the world, and that sucks. Like, and I honestly enjoyed G4 TV. I didn't watch it as much as I probably could have or should have, but I really enjoyed when I was watching Gina Darling, um, Danny Pena, uh, Xavier Woods, Alex, uh, yeah. Golden Glove, and the completionist Gerard. There's a whole lot of people there that do a whole lot of great things, and they are reeling tonight, just being told that essentially got fired, will let go, and on a Sunday night. So it sucks. I hate it. And if there's anything that I can do in my small little verse to help people out, I will, but it sucks. So, of course, there will be more news with it next week, so we'll see what happens on next week's show. But I mean, I was breaking just 10 minutes before we start recording. So you wonder a lot of the people that game may have, I'm not familiar with what they do outside of G4. They may have Twitch streams that they do. They right. may have, I know Gina Darling does. Yeah. They may have other sources of income that'll help during this time. Yeah. Um, some people don't, some people, they, Put all their eggs in this basket. And... Well, that you got production on the back end, you know, that work everything else behind the scenes and just nothing. But mm. so we'll see what comes of it. I hate that because I mean, I was really excited when it came back. We've talked about it on the show and news before and everything, and nothing and didn't even last a year. So that, that really sucks. Um, no more releases this week. There is a bunch of Plague Tale Requiem. PC, Xbox Series, PS5, and Switch, October 18th. That's also on Xbox Game Pass for free. Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed, PC, PS5, Xbox Series, PS4, and Xbox One, October 18th. Uncharted, the Legacy of Thieves Collection comes to PC, October 19th. 
Mario and Rabbit Sparks of Hope for Switch October 20th. Warhammer 40,000 Shooters Blood and Teeth for Everything October 20th. Gotham Knights for PC, PS5, and Xbox Series X October 21st. And New Tales from the Borderlands on Everything October 21st. Persona 5 Royal on Everything October 21st as well. I'm still debating on getting Gotham Knights. Not 100% sold in, but I'm at the point like I want to play something new. And well, there's Ghostbusters. Right? Yeah, Ghostbusters is a that's a good co-op game too by Ilphonic, so I might jump on that. I, I don't know. I know Mario and Rabbids. I'm probably not gonna play. I played the first one. wasn't really 100% sold in it. So we'll see what reviews come out this week for Mario's and Rabbids, and I might jump on that. So we'll see. I know they changed a lot of things up that I didn't like, so yeah. it could bring me in. But we will see what happens this week, and I can I'll tell you about it uh, when we record next episode. But until then, ladies and gentlemen, thank you all so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Nerdwide Podcast. Don't forget to share share on all your favorite social media platforms and forget to rate and review on whatever podcasting service and app you use. Social media, you can follow the Nerdwide account on Twitter at nerd underscore wide. You can follow me personally at ty underscore haynes. You can follow Chris at mavtn7 on Facebook. You go to facebook.com on the search bar, search at Nerdwide Podcast, or just Nerdwide, one word. But the first thing that pops up, like us and follow us on either one of those two uh, apps and services, and those will be the first way you can know when an episode goes live. As always, this week, this has been this week's episode of the Nerdwide Podcast, and we cannot wait to talk to you about fully spoiler-free Halloween ends, Harley Quinn, and the movie, I already forgot it, uh, it is Day Shift with Jamie Foxx. So, we'll go to you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening and watching, and we'll talk to you then. Later, guys. <laughs>